All right, Jamal, say good morning. Good morning. Let us let us begin. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors for this morning. I'm sorry for the for the delay, having some technical difficulties. Begin by thanking our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Tamos. Rabbi Naftali Tilson of Eretz Yisrael for dedicating all the Sherman Joshua's this month, commemorating the yard sites of his parents, Rabbi Yona Ben Avram Leib and Rivka Bas Yaakov. We thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Binyamin and Alana Levin, in honor of the birth of a granddaughter, the Ora Sarah Levin, Tova Ness Aver. For the source that the entire Meretz Hashem, we should continue to learn together. Kila can learn to learn together. Shurim should learn together. Meretz Hashem, our Dafyomi sponsors for today. Memory of Michael Juddelson and his beloved father, Perry Juddelson, Zichron Levracha. Lou and Eddie Goldberg, commemoration of the yard site. And memory of Eddie's father, Yisrael Dov. Ben Shmuel Zichron Levracha. And we dedicate our learning in the Schuss of Rafushlim for Zechariah Dov Ben Peril Shira. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, he together with Kol Chole Yisrael will have a complete and enduring Rafua. But also with that, let us begin. I thank Rabbi Richter for giving all of the Shi'urim and Jrash, for giving the daf over the last couple of days. Baruch Hashem, this, uh, this mic, uh, I don't know, it's not, it's not, it doesn't seem to be working. This one, thank you. So we'll say, so let's begin in Mir Hashem. Today's daf is Mem Gimel. We are picking up, we're going to pick up six lines up from the bottom on Mem Bez Amud Bez. 42b. So six lines up. So we'll say a very interesting case. What happens in the following scenario? What happens if you have an Eved, an Eved Kenani, and the master ends up going ahead and selling the servant for the potential of Kenas? Now, what does this mean? Take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi is four lines up from the bottom. So let's imagine the following situation. Ruvain owns an Eved Kenani. Ruvain owns an Eved Kenani. And what does he do? He goes ahead and... Now, what's the luck with an Eved Kenani? If an Eved Kenani is gored by someone else's shar, by someone else's ox, there's a knas, there's a penalty payment. And what happens? Halacha lemaisa. Halacha lemaisa, that penalty payment gets paid to the owner. So essentially what the owner is doing is, he's selling a future option. Right? He's selling in the event that my, that my Eved gets gored, and there is a payment, and there is a penalty payment. The penalty payment will go to you, Shimon. So can Ruvain, the owner of the Eved, go ahead and pay a future, or go ahead and sell a potential future penalty payment payable to Shimon? That's the question. So the Gemara says, or does it not work? Now, what is this, what is this seemingly a question of? Rashi says over here, now we'll say, what is this a question of? So on a basic level, this is a question of Adam makne davar shabali olam or shalobali olam. In other words, does a person have the ability to be makne? Does a person have the ability to convey ownership of something that does not yet exist? That's the question over here. Can I sell something that has not yet come into existence? Right? If I'm right, Ruvain, Ruvain has a potential right. If an ox gores his Eved, he is entitled to a knas. The difference is that that knas doesn't yet exist. Can you sell something? Can you sell? Again, I'm going to say this is a Shailin Halach in general. Can you sell a Davar Shalom Bali Olam? So the Gemara says the following. 
The Gemara says, Tibai the Rabbi Meir, Tibai the Rabbanon. So this is a question according to Rabbi Meir and the Rabbanon. And I remember, this is a general machlokas. Rabbi Meir is of the opinion that says, Adam makne davar shela bali olam. Now we'll say, where does Rabbi Meir's shita come up? See, interesting enough, Rashi quotes this, right? If you look at the second line from the bottom of Rashi, the Amr Adam makne davar shela bali olam. Ha'omer li'isha hare'at mikudeshas li l'chisha esgayer. So I'll say an interesting case. If a man says to a woman, become a kudashas to me when I convert. When I convert. So does such a kiddushin work or not? That is an example of a davar shalo bali olam. Remember, he has not yet converted. So to speak, the Jew in him does not yet exist. Can you create a situation of kiddushin like that? Rabbi Meir holds yes. Right, Mary's of the opinion that Adam makne davar shalab ali olam. The Rabbanon say you can't. So watch this. So the Gemara says, so tibay the Rabbi Meir, tibay the Rabbanon. So the Gemara says, tibay the Rabbi Meir, ad kalokam Rabbi Meir, Adam makne davar shalab ali olam, elikagon peros dekel daavidi daasu. So I will say, when does Rabbi Meir say, for example, that you could be makne, that you can convey ownership of something that doesn't yet exist? A good example of this would be peros dekel, fruits of a palm tree. I could, sell, I could sell the future fruits of the palm tree even though they don't yet exist. Now, what's the logic with that? Because the palm tree exists. Even though the fruits are not yet in existence, they have literally have not come into fruition, but Lamai said the tree exists. So because the tree exists, I have the ability to be makna the future fruit. But also over here, who says that my Evid is, is ever going to get gored? Vim tim solomar demingach. And ultimately, again, even if the Evid gets gored, mimai demishalim. Who says I'm going to be entitled to payment? Now, why wouldn't I be entitled to payment? Top of mem gimel. Dilma mode umiftar. Maybe halacha lamaisa. And I will say there is a concept by knas of mode beknas potter. Actually, very interesting halacha. That if somebody is, if somebody is liable to a, to a penalty payment, and they go ahead and they admit to the penalty payment, then they are potter. They are exempt ultimately, again, from the penalty payment. So who says, in other words, even if, even if some, so number one, who says my Ebed is ever going to get gored? That's number one. Number two, even if the Ebed is gored, maybe the, maybe the perpetrator ultimately will go ahead and admit in Beisdin before being found guilty, in which case they are exempt from paying. Furthermore, it's cash coin to Rabbanon. Furthermore, even the Rabbanon. Right? The Rabbanon are the ones who say that a person cannot be makna a davr shalabali olam. You can't go ahead and convey ownership of something that does not yet exist. When do they say that? For example, in the case of the fruits of the tree, where you can't be makna the fruits before they exist, because, again, they don't yet exist. However, But over here, but see, interestingly enough, the shar exists. In other words, technically speaking, the shar, the, right, the acts that would gore the eved, technically exists in the world. And the Evid exists. So my, so we'll say, what is the halacha? So therefore, that's the question of the Gemara. So a fascinating idea. Ruvain owns the Evid. Can Ruvain sell the future right? Thank you. Can Ruvain sell the future right? Sorry. So we'll say, so can Ruvain sell the future right of... 
of, 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 the, of the penalty payment of the goring of the Aved to Shimon. Okay, does he have the ability to do that? That's the Shiloh. So the Gemara says as follows. Am Rabbi Abba Tashma. So we'll see we are now on Mem Gimel Amid Aleph 43a, two, four, five lines down from the top. So Am Rabbi Abba Tashma. Vilit bias. So I both say it's actually interesting. So the Torah speaks about it over here as follows. Who has the ability to go ahead and eat truma in the house of a coin? So the Torah says as follows. The coin, kiyikne nefesh kinyan kaspo. If a coin acquires someone, kinyan kaspo, someone acquired by money, who yochal bo. He has the ability to eat truma. Vilit beso. Someone born into the coin's home. Heim yochlu belachmo. They have the ability to eat of the Kohanic bread, i.e. of Trum. So, so again, so j- just to be very clear on our question, we are looking to know, can Ruvain, the owner of an Evet Kenani, sell a future penalty payment that may be due to him that would come as a result of an ox goring his Evet Kenani? So we're really starting off this morning with a very, very specific type of question. So we'll say, but what we've essentially done is We've framed this question as part of a much bigger issue, which is, can a person be makna a davr shalobali olam? Can you assign or sell a future right that does not yet exist? Okay, so now we're now saying, let's answer this. How are we going to answer it through truma? Torah says, who is allowed to eat truma? Two people. Someone who's born into a coin. Someone acquired by money. So the Gemara says, Ma tamalomer. If somebody who is acquired by money by the Kohen could eat truma. So certainly someone born into the Kohen's home has the ability to eat truma. To which the Gemara says, I would have thought as follows. Just like a Shava Kesef, someone who is, so, someone, I'm sorry, Makinian Kesef, someone who is acquired by money, means he has a value of at least, right? He has, he has some value. So, so to Yilid Bayez, only someone born into the home of the Kohen, Shiyeshbo Shava Kesef, ultimately who has value, has the ability to eat. How do we know that if someone is born into the home of the Kohen, he has the ability to go ahead and eat truma even if he doesn't have a value? The Pasuk says, Yilidbai is someone born into the home of the Kohen. So that even if someone is born into the home of the Kohen, even if he doesn't have any value, so to speak, monetary value, he could still eat. Still, I would say, Yilidbai is it is true. If you're born into the house of a coin, so ultimately, again, whether you have a value or don't have a monetary value, you could eat truma. However, however, ultimately, if someone is acquired by the coin, it's only if he has a value that he has the ability to go ahead and that he has the ability to eat truma, but if he doesn't have a value, he doesn't eat truma. Talmud Lomar, Kenyan Kaspo, Vilid Beso. Therefore, I'll say the Torah equates these two individuals, someone who is owned by the coin, Kenyan Kaspo, acquired by the coin, and Yilid Beso, someone born into the coin's home. Ma Yilid Bayis, Afa Pi She'ino Shaveklum. I'll say just like if the coin has a member of his household who doesn't have a financial value, right, born into his household, but that person could go ahead and eat truma. So, so too, Af Kenyan Kaspo, 
So to someone ultimately, again, who is acquired by the Kohen, even if that person does not have a monetary value, still goes ahead and is able to eat truma. So we'll say, so just, just, just to compartmentalize this piece. So remember again, what's our overarching question? Our overarching question is, can you go ahead and assign a davar shalab ali olam? That's the shaila. How does it specifically manifest itself over here? Can the owner, we'll call him Ruvain, can Ruvain, the owner of an Eved Kinani, sell the future, right? Sell the future, future right of the goring penalty that would be due to him if an ox of another Jew would gore his Eved Kinani. Can Ruvain sell that? And by the way, I, say, I just want to point out, remember, you could sell it because it's a Knas. Because it's a Knas, it's a fixed amount, right? That's, remember again, another piece in Halacha, there are two different types of, of, of financial penalties, right? There's kesef. Kesef means monetary restitution, which is fundamentally dependent on the value of the victim versus knas, which is a fixed amount. The amount that you get when your when, when you're, when you're Evid Kenani is gored by an ox is a fixed amount. So can Ruven go ahead and sell that potential future right to Shimon? Good. So I'll say, so now how are we answering it? The Gemara raises the case of Truma. What do we just see by Truma? There are two different kinds of people who are entitled to eat Truma. Kenyan Kasef and Yelid Bayis. If either you are born into the home of a Kohen, right? Or you are owned, financially owned by a Kohen. So I'll say the Gemara equates those two to say as follows. That just, as, just like someone who is born into the home of the Kohen, even if he has, quote unquote, no financial value, he's allowed to eat truma. So to someone who's king and kaspo acquired by the coin, even if he has no financial value, could also eat truma. Okay, now I watch this. Why is this important to us? If you think that you have the ability to go ahead and sell the future goring rights, right? The future goring penalty of an effort to someone else. So that would mean there's no such thing as an Eved who doesn't have a value. Right? Well, this is very interesting, right? The Gemara is talking about a case over here of someone who's a Kenyan Kaspo acquired by the, or financially owned by the master who doesn't have a financial value. Even he could go and eat truma. But one second. If you're allowed to sell the potential, the potential knas that you would get if your Eved is gored, then I will say, what does that tell you? What does that tell you? There is no such thing as an Eved who doesn't have a value because I could always sell that future right. The fact that the Gemara says that there is such a thing as an Eved who doesn't have a value must mean that what? You can't sell that future goring knas, right? You can't sell that future financial right. To which the Gemara says, no, no, that's not true. In Ika Avda Trefa, you could have an Eved who is a Trefa. I was saying that watches. What does it mean? Evidence of trefa. Trefa means someone has some type of physical ailment, a physical condition from which they are going to imminently die. Right now, the definition the definition of imminent is a little bit subject to machlokis as well. But for our purposes right now, let's just call it imminent. So we'll say. So now, interestingly enough, if you have an Evan Kanani who is a trefa and he gets gored, right? He gets gored. So ultimately, again, the master is not entitled to a knas, right? Why? 
because the death of the Eved is not really considered to be having deprived the master of something, because Lamaisa, the Eved was going to imminently die anyway. So Gemara says you could have a case. So you could have a case of an Eved who is a trefa. So if you have an Eved who is a trefa, he's not worth anything. Why? Because Lamaisa, again, he might not have a, he doesn't have a current financial value, and even if he were to get gored, that would be an uncollectible knas, because a trefa in halach is considered to be as if he is already dead. So the Marissa, one second. Fahachazi lamekam kameh. I but lamaisa, even such never still has a value in that he could serve the master. Bemenuvel umuko shrin. Okay, so I'll say, so now we're really, the Marissa is really trying to come up with that with, with, with complicated cases over here. So I'll say, we're talking about, watch this, we're talking about an Eved who is a trefa, which means he's going to imminently die because of a medical condition. And he's also physically repulsive with oozing boils, right? Which means that you really don't want him serving you on a day-to-day basis because Lamaisa, again, just his physical appearance is repulsive, right? And he has no value. So that would be an example of an Eved who doesn't have a value. Okay, so I will say, so therefore, the Gemara just points out there is a concept of an Eved who would not have any type of value. So I will say, so Allah Lamaisa, Allah Lamaisa, this, the, the, we, we paskin, we paskin that you can go ahead and sell a future right, right? The grandma paskins that you can go ahead and sell such a future right to an entitlement for a kinas. Because we'll say, oh, what, how we paskin in a person being able to sell a davar shalom the olam is not necessarily one blanket halacha across the board. It manifests itself in different cases, as you've even seen from the Gemara. Davar Shalab Ali Olam looks different in different situations. Like, for example, the ability to sell fruit that has not yet blossomed, but the tree is there, looks one way, versus the ability to sell a knas, which mamish doesn't even exist at all, looks a different way. So again, just halacha is very interesting to see how, how three different things are seen over. Number one, machlokes about davar shalab ali olam, can you go ahead and assign that? Number two, ultimately again, seeing the mach- well, that's the machlokes Rabbi Meir and the Rabbanon. Next, we emerge with truma. Who's allowed to eat truma of a coin? Yelid bias mikne kasef. Kam denominator is even if any of those individuals does not have a financial value, they still can go ahead and they still can go ahead and eat truma. And also, ultimately, again, seeing that concept of an eved who would not have any type of value, which would be an eved who's a trefa and mukashchim. Okay, good. Fascinating cases. This was a very interesting case. Someone who has a chatsi eved chatsi ben chorin. Also, we spoke about this already, and we'll see it again. Um, so what does it mean? So, so remember, you have, you have one Evan, Evan Kanani, who is owned by two masters, Reuven and Shimon. And one of the partners emancipates his chilek of the Evan. So suddenly you have an individual, again, who is half Evan, half Ben Chorin. So I'll say, the truth is, Chasi Evan, Chasi Ben Chorin is probably the most relatable case to us in all of Shas. Because I'll say, who's the Chasi Evan, Chasi Ben Chorin? We're all the Chatsi Eved, Chatsi Ben Chorin. Right? I will say there's a part of me, ultimately, again, that is an Eved, that is an Eved, that is a slave to every single desire, that is a slave to every single want, that is a slave to every single lust and proclivity. And I just, I can't get myself out of it. And yet, there's another part of me that's a Ben Chorin. 
There's another part of me that is free to soar. There's another part of me that is free to accomplish, that is free to do. And I live with this dichotomy. I live with this, with this tension. I live with this dual identity inside of myself every single day of being a chatsi eved, chatsi ben chorin. So the Gemara said, Misha chatsi eved, chatsi ben chorin, shekidish bas chorin mahu. So the Gemara said, this is a fascinating case. So imagine the following situation. You have this guy, he's in half eved, he's a half ben chorin, and what does he do? He goes over to a lady, and he says, Jewish lady, and he says, Hariat mikudesh asli betabazu kidas moshevi Yisrael. Yeah, okay, so... Say, I'll tell you, I just have to tell you, like, it just, Mamish, it's hard for me to, to wrap my head around that. Just, uh, I give you all the bracha, the Amir Sashem, to be able to stand under the Chabal with your children and just to be able to, to see a child be able to say, in this case, so my son, to be able to say those words to his kala right there and to have a, to have a seat for that front and center is just, uh, Overwhelming thing. Okay, anyway, he's not a chazi, I'm a chazi ben chorin. I'm jealous of him, I'm jealous of him because the truth is, it's beautiful to see. He, he's a ben chorin, my son. Mama, she could just. Okay, anyway, the Gemara says as follows. So, what's that locha? What's that locha? In Tim Salomar ben Yisrael, Shamar Labas Yisrael, his kachi le chaziai, mikudash. So, what's I watch this? Interesting case. Let's say you have a ben Yisrael, right? A Jewish guy who says to a bas Yisrael, become. Listen to listen to the words over here. His kanchi lechatziai become mikudeshes to half of me, to half of me. So we'll say. By the way, you know, ain't commitment issues gedolamizo, right? Like, like this this guy stay away from this guy. And he also listen to this. So he he says become mikudeshes to half of me, to half of me. So actually, interesting. The Gemara says so mikudeshes mikudeshes. They are mikudeshes techazi lekule because there is the ability to affect kedushin with all of him. Now I both say, and here's what's interesting: when a man says to a woman, "Become mikudeshes to half of me, to half of me," so ultimately again the kedushin works. The kedushin works. Why? Now the gemara's lashon is because he has the ability to affect kedushin in totality. So even though he's saying, "Become mikudeshes to half of me," at the end of the day, at the end of the day. The Kiddushin works for all of him. So I'll say, so what does it, Rashi says, what does it mean when he says, become a Kiddush to half of me? So what is he saying? So Rashi actually says, what he's saying over here is, by the way, I plan on marrying additional women. That's what he's saying, right? So Lashna, become a Kiddush to half of me is, is, listen, there's plenty of me to go around, plenty of me to go around, right? Right? I'm willing to give you half, I'm willing to give you half. But just understand that, uh, that you know, there's, there's going to be more people. We're going to be onboarding. We're going to be onboarding a couple of more people, you know, in the, uh, in, in the coming years. So the Gemara says, so it works. So such a Kiddushin works. Such a Kiddushin works. So the Gemara says, so what do you see from it? It's actually the Chazi HaMikidosh. It's the Chazi HaKulei. Halo Chazi HaKulei. So we'll say, but in this case over here, where is the Chazi HaVit Chazi Ben Chorin? Does he have the ability to affect Kiddushin with his totality? And the answer is, the answer is, no, right? The answer is that he does not have the ability to do so. We're getting an early start this morning, Israel. It's, uh, hey, there's, <laughs> so he doesn't have the ability to, to affect Kiddushin with his totality because he's a chazi, avid chazi, ben chorin. So the Gemara says, so therefore again, maybe it doesn't work. Maybe it doesn't work. That ultimately again, what happens if you have a man who is Mikadesh, half of a woman, 
Right, that's his case. He's mekadesh half of a woman. Ain't mekudesh. That's why the shear bikinyano. Because Rabbi say there is something lacking in his kinyan. Yet vaha eved lo shear bikinyano. But over here by the eved, nothing has been left over, so to speak, in the kinyan. In other words, Rabbi say from the chazi eved chazi ben chorn perspective, he is going ahead and being mekadesh as much as he can. So Rabbi say so the shaila is my what's the halacha? So say this is a good kasha. Chazi eved chazi ben chorn. Who is Mekadish, a Jewish woman, does the Kiddushin work or not? We'll say first wide line, Mem Gimel Amadalaf. My Tashma, Hamis, Mishek Hatsiyah, Chatsi Ben Chorin. We'll say if you go ahead and you kill someone who is a Chatsiyah, Chatsi Ben Chorin, no sin, Chatsi Knas, the Rabbo. Ultimately, we'll say you give half Knas, half Knas to the master. Half Knas. We'll say another case, another case of Gorin. Right? If ultimately, again, Ultimately, again, there was right an evet a chazi evet chazi ben chorin who was gored. You give half a knas to the master, the chazi kofer liyarshav, and we'll say half a kofer, half of the half of the kofer payment, ultimately to the inheritors of the evet. Wow, the amrit kiddushav lav kiddushin. I will say if you say that the chazi evet chazi ben chorin cannot affect kiddushin, then ultimately again yarshin minale. Where does he have inheritors from? Or as I will say, the lashon of yarshin only applies to what kind of case? I will say of halachically legitimate offspring. Those are Yarshin. Right? In other words, I will say, if, if, if an Eved, an Eved Kenani has children with a Shifcha Kenanis, although, although those are his biological children, in halacha, they do not have the status of inheritors. So the fact that we're talking about someone killed, right, or I should say, or a Chatsi Eved Chatsi Ben Choren was gored. So now there's a Kofar payment to be paid, right? So Lamaisa again, so the Gemara says, give half to the master and half to the Yarshim. If there are Yarshim, this must be a case of Chatsi Eved Chatsi Ben Choren who affected Kiddushin with a Jewish woman, and then it, there, it worked, and therefore the offspring are considered to be Yarshim. To which the Gimara says, no, 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 Kisha What's the case? The case is where the the Eved was not killed. The Eved was not killed, but rather he was made into a Trefa. Umay Yarshav. What does it mean when it says you give half of the Kofar to the Yarshim? Nafshay. It means you give it to him. You give half the Kofar to the master, half the Kofar to the Eved. That doesn't really make much sense. It doesn't make sense. I'll tell you, number one, number one, the Mishnah says Yarshav. It says inheritors, I will say. Furthermore, I was written about Kofar, and Kofar is only paid after death, not by Trefa. Rather, the Rav says what it means is that technically speaking, he is entitled to go ahead and take half, but ultimately, again, he does not, he does not collect it. So we'll say the same way, Rav says the same way, that when one is Mekadish half of a woman, it does not work, right? The Kiddushin does not work. So, I'm sorry, So to ultimately, again, if somebody is Mekadish, it does not work as well. Okay, Darash Rabba Barbar Barafuna, Kishem Shem Kadish Hatsi Isha in the Mikudashas, Kach Hatsi Shifra, the Hatsi Baskonshin is Kacha in the Mikudashas. So Rabba Barafuna also dashed the same way that if you try to be Mikadish half of a woman, right, it does not work. So, so too, if you try to affect Kiddushin with the Chatsi Shifi and Chatsi Baschorin, it doesn't work as well. I'm going to me, dummy. I don't see how you compare the cases. Hasim Shibikinon. So, both say, why is it that when you're Makadish half of a woman, why doesn't it work? Why doesn't it work? Because there is something lacking in your kingdom. 
right? There's something lacking. In other words, you're, you're, you are withholding part of the Kiddushin. When you are Is there something lacking in your Kenyan? Is there something lacking in your Kenyan? No. In other words, I'm being Makadish, all of the part of her that I can, which just happens to be in this case, half of her, because I can't be Makadish, the Shifcha part of her. To which the Gemara says, So listen to this. So here's what's fascinating. So here's what's fascinating. So originally, just, just so you see the progression of what happened over here, originally, so Rabbi Barafuna wanted to say the same way that if you're Makadish half a woman, the Kiddushin doesn't work. So too, if you're Makadish, Chatsi Shefer, Chatsi Baschorin, it doesn't work as well. Then Rabbi said, What happened? Rav Chista said to him, Rabbi Barafuna, you're wrong. You are, you are equating these cases, but they're not similar. The reason why Chatsi Isha doesn't work is because there's something lacking in your Kenyan. But in the case, ultimately, again, of Chatsi Shefer, Chatsi Baschornabosa, is there something lacking in your Kenyan? No. You're being Makadesh, the totality of the woman, you have the ability to be Makadesh. The difference just is how much of this woman do you have the ability to be Makadesh? How much? Half of her, only the Chatsi Baschorin part, but there's nothing lacking in your can. We'll say, you hear the distinction over here? Sometimes in life you have the ability to accomplish 100%, right? But if you only accomplish 50%, there's something lacking. Sometimes the 100%, only rep- the 100% that you have the ability to accomplish only represents what? 50% of the whole. Well, what does that mean? If, if, Reuven, if Reuven is being Makadish Rachel, Rachel's a regular woman, right? And he says, I'm being Makadish half of you. So I'll say, so that is a deficient Kiddushin. Why? Because he has the ability to Makadish all of her. He's only Makadish half of her that's deficient. Masha'enkin, if Reuven goes over to a Chatsi Shefer Chatsi Baschorin, and he says to her, Hari'at Mikudesh Asli. I will say, how much of her is he being Makadish? How much of her is he being Makadish? How much of her? 50%. But in reality, how much of her is to be Makadish? A hundred percent of what he's able to be Makadish. So I will say, so that's, so, so Rabbi Barafuna was not making that distinction. Rav Chista says, you're wrong, you're equating the cases, they're not really equatable. Because in one case, he's being Makadish 50% of a hundred percent possible total. In the other case, he's being Makadish true, 50% of her identity. But that is 100% of what he's able to affect Kiddushin with. And therefore, the cases are not comparable. So Rabbi Rafuna says, this was Rabbi Rafuna says, Hadar Okim, Rabbi Rafuna, Mora Alevi Darash, Vamachashela Zos Tachas Yodech. So I will say, quotes over here, quotes over here, the Pasik, quotes over here, the Pasik from Ishaya, Vamachashela Zos this mistake should be under your head, this stumbling block. Ain Adam Omin al Torah. It's incredible. said, A person only grows in Torah if they make mistakes. Say, Isn't this absolutely incredible? Sarah Barafuna said, Okay, you're right. I made a mistake. I tried to equate the two cases. I'm wrong. Rav Chista, thanking you. Thank you for pointing that out to me. But I only learn as a result of my mistakes. So say, What an incredible and overwhelming Gemara. At the end of the day, Ain Adam Omeit al Torah. The only way, Rabbi say, it's actually interesting. The Lashon of Omid, a person literally translated means an only person could only stand, stand on words of Torah if he stumbles on it. Rabbi say, what's the metaphor? The metaphor ultimately, again, is almost like you could imagine scaling a mountain. 
right? What's the goal? The goal is to stand on top of the mountain. How do you get to the top of the mountain of Torah? We will say it is only if a person is going ahead and falling along the way. Anyone who tries to scale a mountain, right? Let's say, if you're going to climb, there's always that moment where you lose your grip. There's always that moment where, you know, your footing gives out a little bit. It's never just a straight walk up. So the only way ultimately you reach the pinnacle of accomplishment is if you are willing to fall along the way. Let's say, and it's such an incredible yisod. Because we often, whenever, you know, when we embark upon something, so often we, we go ahead and we have a little bit of a flawed mindset. And if we encounter difficulty or turbulence or setbacks or we fall down, we often look at that as, oh, I'm clearly going down the wrong direction. Almost as if, if something is meant to be, it should be easy, right? And if it's challenging, it must mean that it's not meant to be. And it's not care. It's actually just, it's the exact opposite, how do you know that you're on the cusp of something great? The more turbulence and the more resistance you face, the greater whatever it is in front of you is. <laughs> Ultimately, again, the greater the struggle, the greater the struggle, the greater the accomplishment. And that's what, that's what Rabbi Rav Huna is saying over here. Ein adam omid al divrei Torah, ele imke nichshal bahen. say, if it comes easy, if it comes easy, it's generally not worth having. If you want to accomplish something in life, there is going to be an incredible amount of adversity, an incredible amount of pushback. When it comes to spiritual accomplishment, Torah accomplishment, you are going to stumble. And if you don't stumble, it means you're not going to make it to the top of the mountain. Incredible. So the Gemara goes weiter. Even though we said that if you're Mekadish half a woman, it doesn't work. Wow. Says the Gemara, if you're Makadish, Shechazi Isha, Chazi Baschorin, it works. It works. Why? My Taima, Hasim Shibikinyano, Hachalo Shibikin. Because you'll say, why? It's fundamental difference. Because Lamaisa, when you're Makadish, Shechazi, Shechazi Baschorin, you are being Makadish, whatever is in your power. Right? The part that's a Shifcha, I can't do anything about. But ultimately, again, I'm being Makadish, the woman, I, I, the 50% that I'm being Makadish in the Chazi, Shechazi Baschorin case is 100%. Of what I am able to do. Masha'inkin, in the case ultimately, again, where I'm a Kaddish, half an Isha, Terabosai is 50% of 100% that I'm able to do, that doesn't work. Gochabosai, also another incredible use of in life. Sometimes, sometimes in life, your 100% is really only 50% of the total. You see, what say, what, what is, what's the de- is incredible use of as well? What, what's the definition of success in life? Success in life is being able to identify what is it in this particular scenario that I could accomplish, and then again, accomplishing that thing. Sometimes I can't accomplish 100% in a given situation. So let's say in totality, I can accomplish 50% in this situation. Well, that 50% then becomes the 100%. I'll give you an example. You know this comes up all the time, like in relationships. You know, like sometimes in relationships, I, the ideal relationship should look a certain way. But you know what happens? Relationships often are made up of people. And people are not ideal. So you ever have a situation where I have a relationship and the best I could hope for in this relationship is for it to be like 30%. 30% of what a 100% relationship would look like. Okay. So what happens now? That 30% becomes my 100%. 
Sometimes life is like that. That's, that's the chazi shifa, chazi baschorin dynamic of relationships. That sometimes the most you're going to get out of a relationship is 30%. Okay, so work on getting 100% of that 30%. And that's your 100% of that case. In other words, sometimes accomplishment doesn't always look like a hundred, an objective 100%. Sometimes accomplishment is just understanding what you could accomplish in a particular scenario and accomplishing that. I, it's not an objective 100%. You do what you can. That's the chatsi shiva chatsi baschorn that I have. Incredible. Let's go back there. Sigmar says as follows. Amr of Sheshas, Kishem Shem Akadish Chatsi Isha Elam Kudeshas, Chatsi Shiva Chatsi Baschorn, Shnitzkach, and Gidusha Gidusha. Well, it's okay. It's not still subject to Machlokis. So therefore, Rav Shesha says the same way that if you're Makadish half a woman, it does not work. So too, if you're Makadish Chatsi Shiva Chatsi Baschorn, it also doesn't work. Maybe someone's going to whisper to you, but what's the case of a shifcha charufa? That would be a case of a chazi shifcha chazi baschorin who is m'urasas to an eved ivri. Alma bas isrusehi. You see from here that you are capable of affecting kiddushin with the chazi shifcha baschorin. That's not true. So the Gemara says, Amar lo say to him, Keilacha eitz Rabbi Shmuel. Go go look at the sheet of Rabbi Shmuel. Shu Omer b'shifcha kenanis hamurasala eved ivri. So we're talking about over here shifcha kenanis who is betrothed to an eved ivri. V'shifcha kenanis bas isrusehi. But is a shifcha kenanis capable of having irusin with an eved with an eved ivri? What does meurases mean? Miuchedes. It means that she is. Miuchedes. Miuchedes means she set aside hachanami my meuras. That's miuchedes. So we'll say, point over here is, there is a machlokas. So we'll say, point, point is that there is a machlokas. Can you be makadesh shechazi 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 So we'll say, I just want to be clear. Everyone agrees, what can't you do? If you're makadesh half of a woman, they will say, what's the, what's the effect of that statement? What's the effect of that statement? Void. We'll say, by the way, contrast that with a man who says to a woman, become ikudeshes to half of me. Does that statement work? Yes, because what is he effectively saying? Right? I'm going to be marrying other women. Right? So again, man says to a man is Mekadish, half a woman doesn't work. Man says to a woman, become Mekadish, as to half of me. That does work. Machlokis can be Mekadish, a chasi shifa chasi baschorn. The Machlokis is still ongoing. Omar of Christa, chasi shifa chasi baschorn, she is catching the root. And Nabo say, now watch this. Nabo say, by the way, I just want to point out, how do we paskin? So we paskin that if you're Mekadish, a chasi shifa chasi baschorn, that ultimately, again, it works. It works. The Kiddushin works. Why? Because you're being Mekadish, although it's only 50%. But it's a hundred percent of what you're able to be makadish. We'll say next case. Listen to this. Arnav Chista, Chazi Shiva Chazi Vaschorin Shnitz Kach LeRuven. Get ready for this one. Chazi Shiva Chazi Vaschorin because Mikudesh has to Ruven. V'Nishtach Rera. That will say now she becomes emancipated. Masatov. V'Chazav V'Nis Kach LeShimin. Okay. She's really relishing this newfound freedom. We'll say. So what does she do? She becomes Mikudesh to Shimin. Watch this. Umesu Shnehem. Right. Really, and after she got the life insurance policy on both of them, mysterious situation, they both passed away. Now, what do we have over here? Now we have a Yibum case. Yibum case. Don't, 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 you know, don't curl up into the fetal position. Start rocking back and forth. Right? It's Yibum, so we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. I will say, watch this. So what happens? So I will say, now they have a brother. Ultimately, she does, she does Yibum with Levi. Amadeis, the ain ani kori ba ishes shnei mesin. 
Now, I will say, now, generally, again, if a woman has some type of marital bond to two men, that generally precludes any type of Yibam situation. But no, here, she could do Yibam with Levi. Why? Because we'll say, if her Kiddushin to Ruvain, that was husband number one, is good Kiddushin, then we'll say, Kiddushin to Shimon was meaningless. The Kiddushin to Shimon, Kiddushin, and if her Kiddushin to Shimon, husband number two was Kiddushin, then Kiddushin to Ruvain, love Kiddushin. Ultimately, again, her Kiddushin with, with, with Ruvain was meaningless. So we'll say, the point that we're making over here is, either way, she could do Yibum with Levi. Remember again, Ruven and Shimon were brothers. But I say, either way, she could, she could go ahead and do Yibum with Levi. Why? Because she was married to one of these guys. No matter, no matter how you paskin in the case of a man who is Mekadish, Echazi Shef, Echazi Baschorin, she did definitively have Kiddushin with one of them, and therefore she is subject to Yibum. Incredible. Next. Itmar, Chazi Shef, Echazi Baschorin, is Kachala Ruven. Okay, here we go. So Chazi Shef, Echazi Baschorin, has Kiddushin with Ruven. She was emancipated. Now watch this. Now she's fully emancipated. And now I will say, what happens? She has Kiddushin with Shimon. She has Kiddushin with Shimon. So I will say, so what's her status? Now again, before we were asking, both Reuben and Shimon die. So what's her status? Now I will say, Reuben and Shimon are alive. So ultimately again, what's her status? So Rav Yosef Barcham Rav Nachman, Paku Kiddushin Rishon. Ultimately, we'll say upon emancipation, upon emancipation, the first Kiddushin goes away. Rabbi Zerah He says, no, no, no. In fact, we'll say, first Kiddushin, upon emancipation, what happens? First Kiddushin automatically devolves onto her other half. Otherwise, we'll say, remember, when Reuven was originally in the Kaddishar, the Kiddushin only devolved upon half of her. Once she becomes emancipated, ultimately the Kiddushin automatically devolves upon her other half. So we'll say, so you hear this machlokis over here? This is really fascinating. So we'll say, even if you go with the idea, well, it's really riveting. We really go with the idea that if you're Mekabesh, Chati Shefe Chati Baschorin, okay? So now we'll say, what happens? So now upon emancipation, what occurs? So Rav Yosef Barchamah says, the name of Rav right? Yosef, Rav Yosef Barchamah says, according to Rav Nachman, upon emancipation, the Kiddushin is Paka, it goes away. It goes away. According to Rabbi Zira's interpretation of Rav Nachman, it spreads. So listen to this. So Rabbi Zira says, I think I'm right. That ultimately, again, it spreads. Why? The Pasuk over here talks about a situation, ultimately, again, of a shifcha necharefes leish. This is talking about a shifcha ultimately, again, who was designated for a particular man. So what happens if, if a Jewish man has relations with this shifcha who is designated for another man? So ultimately, again, they're not put to death. It's not called adultery. Because she was not emancipated. If she was emancipated, they would be put to death. So we'll say, which sounds like, what are we talking about over here? So the Rabbi Zer is setting this up. Is this must be a case of a chasi shifcha, chasi baschorin, who ultimately, again, was, was betrothed, right? There was kiddushin. And upon, talking about upon emancipation, she would be considered to be a fully married woman, which shows that upon emancipation, the kiddushin that originally only devolved upon half of her automatically spreads to the other half. I'm going to buy a buy and Rabbi says, who says that this is talking about a shifcha kinanis, 
who is Mu'reses to an Evet Ivri, we said this before, so you're going to tell me that Hakanami Dichi Kufasa Yumsu, even if she's emancipated, ultimately again, she becomes like a married woman. Elamai, is that true? Elamai is the Kalamimar, Shechufsha Vichazra Biniskansha. Mostly talking about a case where upon emancipation, she would have to be betrothed again. Hachanami Shechufsha Vichazra Biniskansha. So to over here, but in the case of Chasi Sheva Chasi Baschorin, upon emancipation, she does, the, the Kiddushin does not automatically devolve upon the rest of her. There would have to be another subsequent act of Kiddushin. Amr Afuna Barakat, you know what it is, Chok? Maisa Bi'isha Achos, what's this? What's the story with a particular woman? Shechesi Sheva Chasi Baschorin. She was half Sheva, half Baschorin. V'kafu Esrabah V'asa Baschorin. And ultimately, what happened? What happened? So they forced her master... They forced her master ultimately to go ahead and um, they forced her master to go ahead and uh, emancipate her. So the Gemara says, "Kiman, Rabbi Yochanan ben Baroka." Ultimately, we'll say in accordance with Rabbi Yochanan ben Baroka, the Amar al Shneihemu Omer vaYivarich Osam Elokim vaYomer Peru Uravu Miluas Aretz. So we'll say here's what's interesting about this case over here. So we'll say so the Gemara says as follows: There is a concept. Remember again when it comes to Chatzia ben Chatzia ben Chorin. Jose, so remember, what do you do with him? So, right, so, so the, the, on one hand, you can say, okay, one day operates like a Ben Chor, and one day operates like, 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 a, like an Evan. The problem is ultimately he's stuck, right? Why, can't, why is he stuck? Because he can't fulfill Piri of Arivia. Why not? Why not? He can't, he can't have children. Because if he has children with a Shifra, that's, that's, that's not Piri of Arivia, because ultimately, again, those children won't be Jewish. He can't marry a Baschor. So, what do we do? We emancipate him, he becomes fully free, and this way he has the ability to go and fulfill the mitzvah Peri of Arivia. So the Gemara says over here that same over here, like Rabbi Yochanan and Baroka says, the mitzvah Peri of Arivia devolves upon a woman as well. And therefore, in the case of the Chazi Shif and Chazi Baschorim, they would go ahead and force her, force the master to go ahead and emancipate the woman in order that she should be able to go and fulfill the mitzvah as well. Shabbos said, which the Gemara says, no, 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 that's not the reason. Minog hefker naguba. No, that's actually not the reason. Halacha lemaisa. The reason they forced the master to emancipate this chazibas chorin was because again people were acting immorally with her. So because ultimately they were acting immorally with her, halacha lemaisa. She did. They wanted her to be able to enter into a regular monogamous marital relationship in order that she should not engage in immoral ways. But Lamais again, it was not because there was any type of halachic mandate. Right. So I will say, okay, so bottom line, we're going to stop over here for today. We'll stop at the Mishnah, but tomorrow we're going to start out with the Ramam because we, we have this open-ended case. What's the open-ended case we have, I will say? So let, let, let's go back to what we know, right? Three, three quick things, three quick things. Number one, if, you're, right, if a man says to a woman, become Mikudeshis to half of me, what's the halacha? It works. How do we interpret a statement? I'm going to marry other women. Right? Number two, if a man says to a woman, I'm being Mekadesh, half of you, what's Talacha? Does not work. Why? Sheer Bikinyono. He's withholding from the marital kingdom. Number three, if you're Mekadesh, Shechati, Shechati, Baschorn, what happens? What happens? Halacha, Lamaisa, it works. Fine. But say number four, which is what we're going to start out tomorrow. So what happens upon emancipation? What happens upon emancipation in a situation like that? Does the Kiddushin, is it paka? Does it evaporate? Or ultimately, again, does it spread? And that's what we start with tomorrow. So wonderful to be back with all of you. Shkoyach.